um, there is, it's powerful, your purpose, and I'm on the, like the fifth part of it so far, because you and I have a purpose. We have a kingdom calling. We have a king. We, in fact, I'm not saying you have a specific, how can I word this properly? You are unique and you have a, a specific calling to your life, but your calling only finds its wholeness in Jesus' calling. There is only one calling, and we see what the Great Commission is to go and make disciples of all people. And, and as we play a role in that kingdom call, you don't, you don't have a separate calling to the one that's in the kingdom. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to word that properly. Hope you understand. Are you unique, and do you have special gifts? Yes, you do. You have a special gift on your life, but your gift in, on your life finds context within his calling, the only calling. Does that make sense? And, and, I, and, and as we've said, there's that, there's that element of, signif- of you finding your purpose, your true purpose. And, and last week I was talking a little bit, and I told you a story up in Malawi and how we had a, a, a big generator and we blew the thing up because we didn't use it according to its purpose. We, we ab used it. It wasn't used as it was. And, and that's the thing is that you, when you are not fulfilling your calling, you are actually not, you are created unto good works. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You are created for a certain way. You are created to carry a certain load. And when you are doing that certain load, you find a hand in glove experience. You experience something that says, man, I was made for this. Now, am I saying again that everybody has to go and become an evangelist? No, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that you should try. You should go on one of these mission trips and join Nate when he goes to Africa and go and see some on some crusade fields. Whatever it is, I'd say be a part of it. But 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 at the same time, these are as we go through this series, you're going to find context in your life and and a passion for what you what role you are going to play. So. Um, in, in, I, I, men, I mentioned this uh, last week. Pastor Greg had said this the week before. And he said, don't let the finished work of the cross make you feel exempt or exempt you from the unfinished work of the church. It's a powerful statement because here in grace circles, and we, cons- we are definitely a grace church. We believe that we are saved by grace through faith. And by grace, we have a full and complete redemption. The finished work of the cross is finished. There is nothing more that you can do to experience what God has freely done for us in Jesus Christ. Except by faith. You receive by faith what He has already handed out to the whole world by grace. It's available to every person by grace. Freely He has given. And so all we have to do to receive that is accept that truth by faith. That's how we participate in it. But you see, I, in many grace circles, we've seen people that have said, oh, well, you know what? Um, Jesus did it all. So I just carry on with my life. They, they, they stop halfway. They don't realize. And we, we sang about there is a calling that we have been called unto. And until we understand that the, the church's work is not done. The church, both Lake Haven Church and the church at large, it is not done. We have a world to reach. Amen. So it's good for us to remember this. But the good news is that you aren't going to do it, and I'm not going to do it. We're not going to do it even without our helper. The Holy Spirit empowers us for the purpose that we called unto. The cause that we connect people to in our mission statement, connecting people to His cause, 
That is the cause that we all part of, right? And He is the part that is empowering us. And when we talk about the Holy Spirit not being simply a doctrinal statement, and thank God, I mean, Danielle mentioned praying in the Spirit. There are so many benefits to praying in the Spirit. There are so many benefits to, to being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And we'll touch on them a little bit in, in, in a, a future thing, but I, I don't want to get into all those awesome benefits. If the Holy Spirit is not benefiting, how can I say this more dramatically? Um, there's a lot of believers going to church today Whereas if you never mentioned the Holy Spirit today, it, again into their lives, it wouldn't change their life one bit. They live their life in complete isolation from the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And you know why? It says we, we are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's because we've never been taught these things. We've never then, and then when we've taught being something, we've never embraced these things. We think that the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is optional. We think it's okay. Well, yeah, I kind of believe that. Listen, you, if you're not putting it into practice, you don't believe it. All you're doing is agreeing with it with your head. There's a big difference between believing in your heart and agreeing with your head. When you believe something, it's like people, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but they don't live that way. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you believed in Jesus, if you believed that the Son of God, the God, the part of the Trinity came and lived and died and paid the price for your son, for your sin, and he called you into his purposes, you would live that way. Because that's a reality to you. You are putting on a renewed mind. You are living a renewed life. Otherwise, it's just information. People that chase information. I am not here to play church information games. I'm sorry. If you want to play church information games, find another church. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not for that. There is a revival that we're standing up for that you can be involved in. And I say revival because we call it awakenings. I was talking a little bit about this on Wednesday night. Wednesday night, by the way, overflow is about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. It's to train us to be to understand and, and learn how to walk and to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's so powerful, right? But listen, there is a, there is the tide is rising. Things are happening. There is going to be another awakening. The, the, there, there is things prophesied, many things prophesied. We are sensing God calling us and preparing us and telling us to lengthen our cords and strengthen our, 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 our stakes and all of these things to get to be part of this. But I tell you what, if we have this sort of spectator mentality, that says, I can't wait till God does something. He's going to come down and do something. And then I'm going to go. And then I can't wait to go to those meetings there or there and there and watch what happens. That's a spectator mentality. That's like going to the football game. I'm going to see what God's going to do. I'm telling you, I'm tired of sitting on the outside. Do you want to participate? Is a question only you can answer. Because if you want to participate in what this next thing is, you can help usher in what's happening. I'm telling you people, this is the 4th of July week. I love this nation. And this nation needs you to be the Christian you are. This nation needs you to be what you are called to outside of your ability. You and I need the Holy Spirit in our lives in a way that we've never absorbed. We need this not to be information. 
This needs to be an experience that we lay hold of with our hearts and that we walk in. And that is a supernatural life. Watchman called that book, right? The Normal Christian Life. And when you, talk, when you read that book that he wrote so many years ago, he talks about that being normal, living a supernatural Christian life where you know the voice of God for you, for your situation, for how to deal with some things. And listen, guys, we're all on a journey. I'm getting better at tuning in because you know God is talking to you. You do know that, right? If you're not hearing him, it's because your heart is hard. And I'm just so that you feel I'm, my heart is hardened in areas too. But I'm telling you, don't point to God and say, God's not speaking. Uh-uh. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me behind. You know, his, his name is shepherd. He's leading. Are we listening? That is a whole different thing. You see, we're very quick to blame God. We don't like looking at ourselves unless, unless we know we can look at ourselves. Unless we know that we are un- unconditionally loved. When we know that we're unconditionally loved and we know that we're righteous, not by our own strength, but by His, then suddenly we're brought into this fold where we can look at ourselves and we can say, you know what, I need a bit more. Hey, Jesus, I really screwed up this week. I really felt, and you know what, you can look at yourself in the mirror and still say, you know, after you screwed up, this is when faith is necessary to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's when you need to be able to do that. Because none of us live perfect lives. Except maybe Carl. I don't know. <laughs> trying to get points here. You know, <laughs> you know, you know it's like, we, 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 absol- we absolutely fall and fail, but we need, we need the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about experiences. Because again, in our uneducated Pentecostal background selves, we think that if we just can do crawling on the carpet or blah, 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 and I'm not putting down experiences. I've experienced many things. I've seen many experiences, but that's not the point of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until you are filled with power from on high. Power for what? To be a witness. Power to be a witness, not to go witnessing. Yes, that too. But power to be a witness. We have church and unfinished work. We need the helper to help us. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm going to send you another helper. We've touched on these. Another another helper, an Allah's helper, another of the same kind. Just like me. I'm not going to leave you alone. Don't worry. I'm going to be here, but I'm going to be better than it's better. It's better for you. Why? Because each of you can be indwelt by the very power and ability. The person of God can live inside of us. He can join his spirit. He does join his spirit to our spirit. We become one with him. Yeah. Which is mind-blowing till we can even talk to about the union of God. To know that God doesn't come and go in your life, but you have been made one in Him, Jesus prayed. If we start teaching that, we'll let people leave the church because they'll say it's heresy. Because nobody else is talking about stuff like that. But yet, we can go and read it in John 17. I am one with God. I'm going to make a nice... What's the incendiary statement? Shannon Christ. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. 
Steve Christ, Elise Christ, T Christ. You can't, you, can't, you can't say that. That's making yourself equal with God. Do you know that you are a child of God? Do you know that Jesus said, I can't send him. He, Jesus, needed the Holy Spirit. He said, it's better that I go away than I can send him to you. So you know what the word Christ means, right? The anointed one. Anointed one. You are anointed when the Holy Spirit indwells you. We participate in His anointing. We participate in His calling. You don't get your own anointing. Like you have some special kind of anointing. I get sick of those people on TV like that. Sorry. You can have, you share in His anointing. There's only one Holy Spirit. It starts getting confusing when people start talking about the anointing because they separate the Holy Spirit from some ooey-gooey kind of power separately. The Holy Spirit can operate in and through you and does gifts for and through you as He wills, it says in 1 Corinthians 12. And those are as they determine. And we haven't even got to talking about the gifts of the Spirit yet. But I can tell you, if you want to be operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you can. But they are going to be as He wills. There's, a, there's so much tradition. So much tradition. What gift do you have, Brother T? I, I got, I got, and you, got, you want to name it. I've got this gift. Like, God, no, God doesn't hand out only little gifts. He will use you. And, and if, you, if he uses you in an office, he will use, and, and he can operate with you whatever gifts he wants to at the time. There is so much tradition. So much tradition. What did Jesus say about tradition? Remember? Makes the word of God to no effect. How many of you want to disempower God's word? How many of you want God's word to have no power in your life? But you see, we only recognize tradition in anybody else. Tradition is everybody else in the other churches, right? they the ones that have got tradition. Not me. No, 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 no. I go to Lake Haven. <laughs> we, all, we all carry traditions, people. But are you willing? I've touched on this before. If you are willing to let the humility of God rest in you, bless it, then you can always look and be teachable, like you said. Then you can allow God to change you. And you can look at your stuff. And you can let Him, like we sang it this morning, right? All my traditions... Religion. Will we dare? Will we dare? Will we dare to listen to him? Will we dare to let our traditions be challenged? What will we allow to our What will we allow? Is anything off the table? Is the Holy Spirit got the right to do to bring anything to your attention? Have you given him the right? Because if you don't, that's how our hearts get hardened. That's how we can't hear him. When you say, la, 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 la. No, 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 no. I'm not going to go. I will listen to anything as long as you don't send me to Africa, Lord. Or I will do anything you want except for, don't touch my bank account. Whatever you say. Every, not that. Not that. And we all, listen, guys, we all have areas. If we're honest, 
that we are feeling like. But listen, again, do you want to be part of this move? Do you want to be part of saving America? Because I'm telling you, it's not a political solution. The poor people out there that don't know whether they're a boy or a girl or whatever the case is, we're going to love them into the kingdom. We've got to take the gospel to them. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay, and I'm not making moral statements of who's right and who's wrong. I'm just saying that Jesus, we know that God loves his enemies. And last week, lo- lo- loves his enemies. You've got to smoke, I mean, think on that for a while. <laughs> I was going to say, put that in your pipe and smoke it, but never mind. <laughs> but, but, but you know, you have got to think on that. God loves his enemies. Jesus challenged us. He said, if you just love the people that love you, what good is that? Everybody loves them. Who are your enemies? Who are his enemies? Who are we called to love? You see, the solution to any issue is always going to be Jesus. He is the, old, he is the answer. But it is going to be what we're going to listen to. We are going to be part of the solution for America because we're going to rise up where if you who want to be part of this, I'm telling you, there is a momentum. There is a momentum. One of us can't do it. Two of us can't do it. But each bit adds, it's like a snowball. When we have that snowball effect, when we rise up, when we get serious, when we lay our lives down for the sake of the gospel. I was looking at those scriptures, man. When Jesus said, you won't even find your life until you're willing to lose it. It's mentioned in every one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Not many things are. Jesus said, you won't find your life until you're willing to lose it. Now, we can try and squeeze out of that theology and say, oh, that doesn't matter. Listen, there is nothing in this Gospel that's dead and gone other than the covenant that's passed away. And even the covenant that's passed away is not dead. It's not, you don't redact the covenant. You learn from the covenant. You learn from what the old covenant was. And we can go into a, a long thing about the scripture, which I don't really want to just get distracted in right now. But understand that it's ours. We have got to allow, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to us. We have got to be allowed to say, when, okay, when Jesus says, lay down your life, and until you, and I said, I'm not even, wasn't even going to go this way, but there is so much where Jesus said that. What does that mean? That means, oh, that I'm just going to give my life to Jesus and then carry on living the way I will. No, no, no. What do you think giving your life to Jesus means? Does it mean I'm going to give 20 minutes one day in 1973 and tell him that I'm going to make him Lord and Savior? That's not giving your life. That's giving him 30 minutes. Who are you living your life for? Are you living it for his cause, his purposes? Or are you living it for your own? Believer. Sorry, that sounds mean. But last week I was saying, I was was saying, I I was saying that, I was talking about the language of love. You know, that that it's important to understand if God's love, you have to understand that God is love to be able to hear what he has to say. 
Remember I said that unless you know somebody's motive and intention, you will misunderstand everything they say, including what I'm saying today. Because if you don't hear what God is saying, if you don't understand that God passionately loves you and what he's done for you, you, you can't hear what he's saying to you. And I, I spoke about that last week. I, it, you'd have to just go back and listen to it. But his intention, God's intention was to create a family of people that like him are able to receive and give love. And I put them in that order. He didn't come to create an army. He came to create a family that are able to receive his love and give his love. Amen. And have a personal, intimate relationship with him and with one another. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love for one another. Love with, from God is so the, the, the fabric of everything we understand in God is the fabric of love. His intentions find their understanding, everything finds its, finds its understanding within, within love. And it begins with us understanding how much He loves us. Amen? Centrality. I, I, I'm going to start with this scripture. Uh, well, I say start. We're going to have to close with this scripture soon. But <laughs> Romans 8.35, we shall se- who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long and regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No! Right. Verse 37. Yeah. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that powerful? That, that script, I mean, those few verses, something else you can smoke. Sorry, for a while. Sorry, I know I'm provoking Chew on, chew on, assimilate. No, you are more than a conqueror. We can experience the conquering power through him who loved us. Through him who loved you, who loved me. You see, Ephesians 3, 17, Christ may dwell in your, your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Know. You've seen me, you've heard me say it so many times. Know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. Experience the love of God that surpasses information. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Knowing the love, that is a journey, that is a lifelong journey that never gets old, to experience God's, God's love. In Romans 5.8, God shows his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God's motive and intention, the very reason he saved us is what? So, because he loves us. He loves the world. I'm, I'm, I'm rattling through just a bunch of scriptures, so you can re-listen to them if you want to. 
um, what I highly encourage you to. First John 4, verse 7. There's so much in, in, first John 4, in first John 4. I'm starting in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Man, go back to that start there. Let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And then in verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. That's powerful. So listen, it doesn't say, because like the Corinthians who, who were very spiritual people who operated in the gifts, listen, a mark of spirituality is not if you can operate miracles. If you can operate miracles and operate in prophecy and operate, it says, without love, you are a banging symbol. Please stop. Please stop. Woo, that hurt. Here in 1 John 4, 7, it says, he who loves has been born of God and knows God. If you want to, you know how you can know anybody knows God? Because they love And I'm not talking about that fake cheesy smile and says, hi, I love you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real love. Jesus says that love will lay down their lives for their friends. Real love will be selfless. And we see all the description of real love in 1 Corinthians 13, right? It'll be selfless. It'll do things that make you sweat and are uncomfortable. It'll make you go to Africa or Asia or to Muslim countries. But I don't want to do, I'm just telling you, God's love will do radical things because it's God's love. God's love will leave the 99 and go for the one. Like you and me. God's love is radical. But it says, so whoever loves knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Our highest ambition should be to know God's love. But that's only the start of 1 John 4. In verse 10, this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation of His sins, for our sins. So we see that this is the definition of love. It doesn't start with you loving God. It starts with God loving you. Verse 4, verse 16, we have come to know and believe the love of God. The, God of the, the love that God has for us. God is love. There he says it again. It's repeated. God is love. And whoever abide in, abides in love, who dwells, settles down, makes his home in the love of God, abides in God. And God abides in him. 1 John 4, 17. By this love is perfected, so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. Love is perfected. Love makes us complete. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear is to do with punishment. Whoever fears is not made perfect in love. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. We're still in 1 John 4. We love because he first loved us. You see, you and I don't have a capacity we don't have a capacity to love other people until we're loved, until we experience the love of God. You have to, you and I have to constantly put our antenna, our dish of love 
It's like we've got to go solar charge, except we've got to go love charge. I was just watching Wally with my kid the other day with, with Ethan. Remember Wally? That little robot. I don't know if you watched the Pixar version. It was kind of cute. So I think it, it was so much fun watching again. There's a little robot still living in the future, and he's been working for hundreds of years on his own. He's the left, last little robot left on Earth. And the kid, he goes out and opens these little solar panels, and it's a very cute story. But the point is, you, 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 he, you and I need to charge, get charged in the love of God. We're told in Jude 2021 to keep ourselves in the love of God, to guard ourselves in the love of God. The love of God is something that you've got to expose yourself to and allow God to love on you, even though you screwed up. And you are. In case you didn't know it, if you don't know it, you are especially screwed up. Seriously, if, you're, if you think you're all that in a bag of chips, well, sorry, you're way too good for any of us right here. You must, I don't know. You need to chart. You need to get filled with the love of God. You need to know that God loves you in spite of who you are. He has always loved you. He even loved us while we were still sinners, we read in Romans 5. While we were still sinners. He loves us now. He loves us still. He loves you. Now people will take things like this and try and run up, oh, God loves me, because they think, they get taught by religion, that the whole point of this whole religious game of church, churchianity, is to get eventually kind of earn God's love and a, a golden star ticket into heaven. No, God's love has never been up for debate. He loves you. Anyhow, love, God loves in verse, four, verse John 4, 20, it says, If anyone says, in fact, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't write that. <laughs> For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Right. Commandments, listen, in my legalistic brain past, I used to be so condemned with the word commandment, but commands are literally, can, you can interpret them this way, God's prescription for wholeness. A command is God's prescription for you to experience wholeness. He knows the way stuff works. He wrote the textbook. He created everything. He's got the secret plan. A commandment is anything that lines up with his plan. You would do well to pay attention. If you want to experience the wholeness that he wants you to experience, there's the prescription. Will you follow the prescription? Or will you not? Or will you choose to say, God, I don't want to follow the prescription. Please give it to me apart from the prescription, which is tenderly what maybe I do. Maybe I'm the only one that I does, does that. Anyhow. In, in 1 John 13, I, I know I'm going a little bit long, but I feel I have to finish this, people. Just bear with me. A new commandment, sorry, John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Listen, do you, did you catch that piece? Just as I loved you. Yes. You see, in my religious hearing, I couldn't hear that piece. What I was reading, love one another, love one another, and then God will love me. But that's not what it says. It says, just as I have loved you, love one another. 
you have to put your radar dish, as you said, or your, your panels, your love panels, out to the love of God. As He has loved you unconditionally, you will be charged. You will receive. And that's not, you don't have to. Listen, you've got to keep reminding yourself. It's not like God's love ever stops. But our ears and our eyes are being so distracted by the world. So distracted by the news. You want to get ticked off and start loving people? Just start picking up the news. Whether it's Fox or CNN or doesn't matter which news world. That is not truth. That is some man's opinion of what's happening. I'm not saying that we should be the proverbial ostriches, but at the same time, you cannot get truth outside of one source. But it says, just as I've loved you, love one another. And then it says this, man, this is where we get this. It says, verse 35, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. Yes. Everybody. How will they know? Because you preach a good game? That you do miracles? Miracles don't show people that you love them. In fact, that's how in the end times, which I'm getting ready to do something on the end times soon because I've been moving that way. But I'm telling you, in the end times, it says that the Antichrist will use signs and wonders and miracles. People who chase miracles, it's just a dangerous place to be. But people, the world doesn't know any better. The world doesn't know any better. But we do because we have truth and we read it and we absorb it. Amen. Um, you know, in John 15 verse 9, I'm skipping one over there. Um, it says, he says, As the Father has loved me, so, I have, loved, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. You, we are told to live in it, to abide in my love. In verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Again, remember the word command. It doesn't earn love. Can you earn the love of God? Lake Haven, you know better. Can you earn the love of God? No. God is love. When, you, when, that, when that penny drops in your heart, like, well, hold on a second. If he loved me while I was still a sinner, if he loves me, if he loves me first... I don't ever have to love it. Nothing, as we started in Romans 8, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Yeah. Nothing, not future, not past, not anything, present, not demons, not every demon in hell. And Satan himself can separate, but can I feel it? Well, that depends if you focus on it. Will you put your radar dish out? Will you expose yourself to the love of God and how much he loves you? So we're told to abide in his love, live in it, to dwell in it, to guard ourselves in it. Living in God's love, it's such a key, such a key. And then in John 17, uh, verse 23, I and them and you and me, so they may be perfectly one. So the world may know that you sent me and have loved them even as you love me. That is a mind-blowing scripture. Perfectly one is that union thing. I in them, he's, talk, he's praying to the Father, you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me, that the world may know that you love them even as you've loved me.
I made known to verse 26, I made known to them of that same chapter. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Now, I've rattled through a ton of scriptures on God's love intentionally. I've wanted to put it in a package, and, and, and I, there's, a, there's a couple that I skipped just for the sake, for the sake of time this morning. But love is the this, this centrality of the experience, the God experience. It's the centrality of God's motives and intentions for everyone. And it's the why. We, we say, you know, in fact, we're going to be doing this. We, the cards that we have and, you know, that we, our, we exist we exist so that everybody can intimately know God and experience His unconditional love. That's why we are here. That is why we're here. I, I feel, please, I, I feel I need to stop here just because they say the mind, what, the mind can only hear what the butt can endure or something like that. I don't know. I, sorry. I know that sounds very scriptural. But, 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 the, the, but, but it's, guys, you, you are loved more than you know. You are loved more than you know. And you need to open your radar dish to God's love. You need to charge. You need to constantly allow yourself to feel loved, experience God's love. And yes, you have messed up. Yes, you've done things intentionally or unintentionally, or you've intentionally done thing, not done things you know you should have. But that if you are a believer, if you have said with your mouth, confessed with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you're saved. And we teach on the righteousness of God. We teach on cleansing your conscience and from evil works. We teach on all of these beautiful things to, because it's only our hearts that need to be reassured. God doesn't need to be reassured. He knows what he did on the cross. You and I need to be reassured. When we feel far from him, it's not because he's far. We feel far. If you feel that the window, the heavens are brass and you're trying to throw prayers up there, you've, you're trying way too hard because he's not up in the heavens. He's indwelt us by the Spirit of God. Love has been shed abroad in our hearts. So why don't you just close your eyes and just, just determine right now, and I want to encourage you, Grab this again. Listen to it. Listen, take those scriptures. This week, spend some time meditating on those scriptures. Yes, it will take a bit of time because I gave you a bunch. Listen to it again. Write them down. If this is your prayer of your heart, I would encourage you just say, Lord, I choose to receive your love. I choose to open my heart to receive that unconditional love. That's all that you have to do. And then please focus on Scripture. Take the truth of Scripture 
beyond Shannon's opinion. Allow your heart to be persuaded, not because Shannon said it, but because the Word of God says it. In verse, uh, Romans 5, 5 is that scripture that I just read. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given us. I, I'm, I'm talking about the love of God in context with the Holy Spirit in this series because he is the central theme. And we'll, we will build out, just we'll continue to build and, and see how, what an integral part the love of God has with flowing with the Holy Spirit. You will not, you and I will not be able to flow with the Holy Spirit unless we know His love because that is the flow of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's flow is primarily love. Scripture tells us in Matthew 14, 14 that He had compassion on them and healed their sick. God will lead us by compassion. God will direct us. We will flow with Him in a river of love. If you want to be part of this next time, whatever that means, that is something that I believe the, God, the Lord is challenging you, each one of us, do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to be a spectator? Or do you want to be a part? Do you want to be an instrument in the hands of the Lord? Do you want to be a vessel for noble use? The choice is yours. And love is a central part to receiving this. Amen. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for ministering to our hearts. We receive your word. Your words don't stop here because you're constantly talking to us. Thank you for ministering to us, Lord. We choose to be an instrument of your love. As you are, so are we in this world. Jesus, you operated in love and through compassion. And Father, we choose to walk this path. Thank you for your great love for us, for each one of us. If you don't know Jesus and you still feel disqualified, if you feel disqualified, then all you need to do is call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, Jesus, save me. If you've never asked him to save you, he will. Just mean it sincerely from your heart. I'm telling you, he will meet you where you're at. And please contact us if you're watching online or come and speak to one of our prayer counselors, our prayer ministers up front here. They will absolutely give you the next steps and please come back, visit us. We've got so much, we've got so many resources. Join this journey with us. You are invited to play a kingdom role in this time, in this kingdom. Amen. Amen. And amen. Um, if you, if you are, have pain in your body right now, I know God is working. I do because he always works with his word. If you have pain in your body, just while, if, even with every eye is closed, if you have experiencing any pain in your body, you can lay your hand on any part of your body. If it's an elbow, if it's a head, if it's a neck, if it's a back, if it's an ankle, or maybe it's an ache in your belly. I speak to pain. Pain, I tell you to leave in Jesus' name. 
I tell you to leave. You are not welcome here. I speak the wholeness of Jesus into these bodies. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm telling you, feel free to check yourself. If that pain hasn't already left, it's going. Amen. Come back and tell us, give us, give testimony to the Lord as you see that. Amen. God, God is always confirming his words with signs and wonders. And we don't have to earn it from him. It's free for the taking for us and the world. Go and be Jesus and salt this week, people. We love you. Thank you for uh, sticking a little longer this morning. That's that. Oh, yeah.